Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of True Crime Junks. I am Wes McBee, and today is another one of my solo episodes. Uh, my usual co-host, Holly Lee, will be doing her first solo episode next week, so look forward to that. And as far as today goes, I'm covering a very specific situation and a person that I've always been interested in covering. And as you can see by the screen, if you're not listening to this, I'm sure the title has already spoiled it. And that is the Craigslist Killer, a.k.a. Philip Markov. Um, before I get into Philip and the whole entire situation, um, we need to talk a little bit about Craigslist. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are more than likely familiar with Craigslist. And for a long time, it was a very popular site to buy and sell used items. There was community community discussion boards, and even job postings. If you were on Craigslist pre-2010, they also had a section I'm sure you're familiar with if you were on there called the personals. And what the personal section was an air, was an area that you could go and post sexually explicit pictures, thoughts, and even attempt for meetups. Kind of like a pre-tinder type of thing i guess you could is the best way to put it um it was like a discussion it was like a drop down search thing and people could have a title that would have something specific like looking for a hookup or whatever it is i know that they used to get really really explicit on this site they also had a spot used for posting sex sex work related things from erotic massages to escort services and so on. Um, and of course, with it still being illegal, sex work posts had to be very vague in nature, but obvious enough to get the point across. Uh, post-2010, Craigslist has since removed this section for many reasons, not just related to the sex work, but also they had a lot of uh, buying and selling of drugs, weapons, uh, people would meet up and do all sorts of things on top of the fact that situations like this are also very scary for like STDs and obviously sex work being illegal which even though I don't agree with that it is still illegal they don't want they didn't want it on their site anymore they knew it was going on and I believe Congress even made them I think they forced him to get rid of it, if I'm not familiar. But Craigslist still is up and running and has a... I, am, I don't frequent Craigslist often, but I'm sure that there's still people on there offering certain services along with the whole entire uh, hookup culture is still on there, even though there's plenty of apps to uh, get, get what you're looking for in today's day and age. Uh, anyways, with that knowledge and getting that out of the way, let's jump into our main attraction of today's episode, and that is Philip Markov. Now, Philip grew up in a very wealthy environment, being a son to a successful dentist, and later having a stepfather who was a banker. Um, his mom, from my understanding, was more of a stay-at-home mom, slash, you know, she did her own little situations to make some money he had two siblings one being a half sister and the other an older brother um and honestly if you looking into philip's childhood you would never have thought him turn he would turn out to be 
someone who is capable of murder and robbery, which we'll get into a little bit later. He graduated high school in 2004. He was a member of his, his list of things that he was interested in and also uh, was a part of is kind of impressive if you think about it. Um, he was a member of the National Honor Society, the History Club, Youth Court, Golf Team, and the Bowling Team. So he was very white. He was whitest of the whites. And he was a very, if you look at it from this point of view, he was a very well-rounded young man. I mean, he was, he already had plans to go to college, aspirations to go to, um, go into the medical field. He really, no one would have guessed that he would be someone capable of some very uh, heinous things later on in life. But as we've seen with some of the other people that we've covered on True Crime Drugs so far, it's uh it seems like it's really easy for individuals to live a very very uh opposing double lives which we'll get into my thoughts and opinions on that later uh anyways after high school markoff attended the state university of new york albany for pre-med he graduated in 2007 and applied for medical school after taking and passing the mcat um sadly this is another another individual who is very intelligent, very good-willed as far as the facade goes, but might be having some mental anguish, I guess you could say. Um, he was in his second year as a medical student attending Boston University's School of Medicine at the time of his crimes, um, which we'll get to shortly. And Markov also met his future fiance during 2005 while they were both volunteering at the Albany Medical Center Hospital. And in all honesty, this kind of sounds like a white sitcom up to this point. Like it's very stereotypical, you know. White kid grew up rich, went to medical school, found his fiance volunteering. She also wants to go to medical school. It's a very, uh, very interesting start to this whole entire endeavor which i think makes it even more crazy when we find out that markoff or, or uh, philip markoff might have some uh, secrets might have some ill will towards the world um anyways aside from it being a very white sitcom sitcom him and his future fiance were set to engage and be married on August of 2009. Um, his fiance's name is Megan McAllister. I bring that up just because of something that happens later down the road, which is really sad. Um, she was set to begin medical school in the fall of 2009. So they were both going to medical school, wanting to get married. I'm sure kids were planned. It really sounds like an amazing life if you really sit down and think about it. I mean, that's a that's a fantastic future to look forward to. Obviously, you have similar interests and careers and hobbies, volunteer work. It, everything seems on the up and up, which is very, for me, was a very strange thing when starting to research this because our, our, main, <laughs> our main attraction here today had some, some issues and it is still this whole entire case is still blanketed in a little bit of i guess you could say conspiracy as well as we 
we aren't a hundred percent sure on everything. Um, I find it very strange that that our that Philip Markov gave up all these amazing things for the very strange set of crimes that we'll be discussing here. So beginning on April 10th of 2009, there would be three separate crimes that would occur, all very similar in setup. First, a female escort was bound, gagged, and robbed at gunpoint. On April 14th, a woman offering massage services was found unconscious, robbed, and then she later passed away of her injuries in the hospital. There were gunshot wounds. And last, on April 16th, an exotic dancer offering lap dances was a victim of an attempted robbery, um, an attempted armed robbery. It, obviously, the, the law enforcement figured that these were all connected in some sort of way. And they first, the first thing that they noticed was all of these individuals were posting on Craigslist in these personal sections. Um, is that... It, it, that's kind of where the Craigslist killer came from, obviously, but it's one of those things where that isn't the root of how they found out this was Philip. Um, the police actually, and this is kind of... Uh, I'm gonna, I have a picture popped up on the video of this... Uh, episode the police began their investigation and very shortly after they went through the surveillance videos of the hotel where the murder victim um where the lady was shot and then later died from her wounds and it showed a very tall or a pretty tall clean-cut young blonde man and a black windbreaker matching markov's description leaving the property and these are the actual pictures of the surveillance footage so this right here is our guy, Philip Markov, leaving this hotel right after attempting to rob, shooting, and then uh, fleeing the scene of this poor woman. Um, they also looked into his bank statements and found an electronic trail that allegedly linked Markov not only to this robbery, but to the robbery that occurred several days before and they linked that based off of how much money the victim had gotten stolen from her and then him wiring that money into his account it just seems it, they were able to put two and two together pretty pretty quickly now the police seem to believe that markov was doing this um to pay off outstanding debts now this is kind of where we start talking about theorizing what is going on. Nowhere did Markov that I could find, maybe I just couldn't find any of his statements, that he had some sort of debt that he needed to pay off. A lot of people theorize that this was like a outstanding gambling debt, which honestly isn't a far-fetched idea considering when he got pulled over and then arrested, he was heading to a casino with his fiance, and they had thousands of dollars in cash. Which, when I hear a thing like that, it seems super unusual, especially since they're both pre-med students, right? I would assume that money is typically really tight 
and you don't have thousands of dollars to go blow at a casino then again i know that he had like a rich upbringing and you know maybe he had plenty of money maybe he was on scholarship who knows but when i when you think of the idea that maybe he was doing these robberies to get money to pay some sort of outstanding gambling debt that kind of makes sense i have other ideas i'm going to get into when we get the full story panned out but it does kind of make sense um going into april 21st of 2009 so only a week after the third attempted robbery markov was arraigned on murder charges so and he pleaded not guilty this is interesting to me because there's already compelling evidence that shows markov is potentially the victim he pleaded not guilty and they just kind of let it simmer after the hearing the police obtained a search warrant and found a semi-automatic weapon in his house that matched the the caliber of bullet matched the wounds of the lady that was murdered and this gun was hidden inside a hollowed out medical textbook they also found duct tape and restraints in his apartment the same restraints that were at the murder victims crime scenes so i, I think they were like zip ties so now <laughs> now we have a weapon that is connected we have duct tape which you know that's that's an arguable one and then we also have the same exact restraints in his apartment i would say that that is a three for three in my head now there is another twist that i'm going that i'm going to give some brief detail now and a little bit more detail later on my uh some of my interesting theories on the situation there obviously these three victims were all in some sort of sex work facet and what ended up happening is when this story broke the news a local man had reached out to the police having seen everything going on and seen the tv and had gone to the police saying that he had someone reply to his personal ads on craigslist and started a conversation and this guy was looking for a hookup and upon closer look at the photos because they sent you know photos back and forth i imagine they were explicit photos this uh anonymous man looking for a hookup was in fact philip markov which not only points more evidence towards him because that means that we know philip markov is using the site for and specifically the personal section where all these other three victims were posting their services but it also kind of points this in a more potentially sinister direction in my head which i'll get to later in this episode i know i keep saying that but I want to keep my theory and my conspiracies surrounding this until the end because I think it's very possible. Um, strangely enough, even with all the evidence, Markov's wife stood by his side and was even quoted saying, 
I just can only hope that the criminal justice system is not overwhelmed and persuaded by what is being put forth in the media. I think this is very interesting if we start looking at Philip Markov as not just a armed robbery guy, or maybe he was an armed robbery and one of them went bad. But if we start looking at Philip Markov as potentially a very serious serial killer who got caught too soon. And I have I have my evidence to back that is kind of fascinating. However, everything came to a screeching halt when on August 15th of 2010, law enforcement officers found Markov dead in his jail cell. He had, he had taken his own life, and it was exactly a day after what would have been the one-year anniversary anniversary of his canceled wedding. Now, I'm going to spare you guys the gruesome details of how he did it. It was pretty violent. However, one thing to mention, he did write the name of his fiance Megan, on the jail cell wall in blood. I don't know... I don't really know what I feel about this. I think that this Craigslist killer, Philip Markov, is very interesting. And if we just believe the mainstream story, right, that he had some sort of outstanding debt that he needed to pay, and he did it through robbing, armed robbery. That doesn't seem super far-fetched. And obviously, armed robbery isn't going to always go as planned as with the case of the lady who got murdered. She broke away from her restraints and started fighting and ended up taking shots to, I believe, the chest and the shoulder, and she didn't survive those. However, as we've seen with a lot of serial killers and criminals, they're very good at living a double life. John Wayne Gacy was a prominent and popular member of his community, and everyone loved Ted Bundy until the truth was found. I think this was another situation of that, and I believe that Philip Markov is 100% guilty of the crime, and I think him being a very intelligent individual was able to hide the truth from his fiance. I don't fault her at all in the slightest in the situation. They were living a wonderful life with a beautiful future, and that makes it even easier to hide some very dirty secrets. And as we all know, love is blinding. I think that she had no idea what was going on. There are theories that float around the internet in the true crime realm that people think that she was involved. I don't. I don't think that she had any knowledge of what was going on. If it is that he had debts, I don't think she had any knowledge of that. I think that she was just in love with this man and they and was super excited for the future together with him. So I do not fault her in the slightest. Now, do I believe that he was a killer at heart? Debatable. I think the idea of him robbing these individuals for unpaid gambling debt isn't a far-fetched idea, and I'm sure he was aware that it is more difficult for someone who is selling a service that is illegal 
Like I said, even though I highly disagree with it being illegal, but that's a different subject for a different time. It's hard for those individuals selling those services to go to the police and churn, churn him in, right? Because it's incriminating themselves. This is very possible and, I do, and it is a believable theory. I, I think that if we don't, if we cut the case right here clean and dry, completely makes sense. However, if we want to talk about something interesting and kind of where my head's with this, I want you guys to all just think with me for a second. This isn't, there's no truth behind this. There's no full evidence backing this. This is just a theory of someone who researches true crime, specifically serial killers. Let's say that this isn't true and this story turns even more darker than it already is. Let's say he was doing this for power. He restrained these sex workers who are all women selling services from the same site. We've known other serial killers who started off with petty crimes. Golden State Killer, Richard Ramirez. They all started with smaller crimes until it turned into murder. And specifically, they started off with robbery. Is it possible that Philip was going to be the next huge serial killer and it ended quicker than he planned? The only reason he shot the victim was she fought back and got out of the restraints. Is it possible this was Philip testing out his quote-unquote process that all of these infamous serial killers had. And it would have later turned out, or would it, would it have later turned out to be something bigger, to be something grander in his head? I think it's very possible. I do. Um, now this is 100% conspiracy, and it is 100% irrelevant because he is no longer alive. We will never know. The secrets died with him. It's fun to theorize. I also want to note one thing. With the man who came forward during the trial with the photos of Philip trying to connect with a hookup, it was noted in a lot of articles that this was under the transsexual section of Craigslist at the time. I note this for one specific reason, and that is that with a lot of our serial killers that we know, they struggled mentally with their sexual identity, and even someone specifically like BTK Dennis Rader, Rader who's on our screen right now, he would dress up as a woman by himself and had those, those fantasies. We don't know if the photos were of Philip cross-dressing or maybe the man was and Philip was reaching out to him, but it was in the in that section. And I find that fascinating because now we're adding we're adding more to this grander picture, right? We have this tall, handsome, blonde gentleman who has a wife, med school, plan to get married, all of this jazz, right? 
And now, on the darker side of his potential double life, we have someone who does armed robbery, is capable of murdering, and also was at least curious, at least curious sexually. That is not ever a bad thing, but we're adding this to a rap sheet of a double life that he is not telling his fiance that he's hiding from people. And I think that that is very fascinating and adds a little bit more to the potential of him being, or the potential that he may have been doing this not for the money. However, like I said, all of this is extremely relevant because he's dead, he's moved on, we will never know. The secrets died with him. And I just enjoy theorizing about the potential of something crazy that could have happened. Even though something did happen and innocent people died. That is kind of the wrap for the Craigslist killer. Now, I do think it's interesting that in 2010, which is when he took his life... Or no, excuse me, in 2009 is when he took his life. 2010 is when Craigslist decided to... I, I, I couldn't figure out if they were forced to remove the personal section or if it was something that they decided to do. But it didn't look good on them either that this Craigslist killer was all over the media. And honestly, since this was one of the most popular ones, Mr... Uh, let me go back to the front page. Mr. Philip Markov, there is a lot of other situations that have not only happened on Craigslist, but happen all the time with these with these hookup related things. Um, we've had several incidents locally here that are heartbreaking. Um, and we we all know as a society that sex work is going to continue so i just don't understand why we why it's still criminalized why not decriminalize it and make safe places for people to or at least make it a safer environment for these individuals who choose that as uh, their source of income but we decide to just turn a blind eye to it and let it let people put themselves in danger and it's really sad but that's going to be the wrap for Craigslist Killer, Philip Markov. I hope you guys have enjoyed my solo episode. I'm still trying to get used to it. Um, I do write a script for myself, but as you guys can see, I still stutter over it because it is kind of nerve-wracking talking to myself for a long period of time because I'm not good at it yet. Hopefully this was a little bit better than my last one. I do enjoy doing this, and I do plan on doing these every other week when it's my turn to do the solo episode. Going into the remainder of this month, next week, Holly will be doing her solo episode here live. And then, and I will be actually out of town. It's my birthday next weekend, so party. Um, and then we will be returning on the 31st for our together episode, and we're going to do a big one. 
We are still discussing what we're going to cover, but some of the topics we've thrown out so far are like Zodiac Killer, maybe the Mansons. Um, there's a couple other ones that we're brewing up that we want to throw out there and kind of get... Uh, we, we want to do like a big blowout episode for July, for the end of July, going into the following month. I do have a lot of other solo stuff that I'm working on that is super exciting because I, I do enjoy these type of episodes. And I do want to thank everybody who has followed us since the last episode. You guys are amazing. I mean, our follower account just seems to keep going up and up and up. We're up to 115 followers here on Twitch. Our YouTube channel is doing great with views, and you guys are loving us over on all the all the podcast platforms. So we appreciate everyone out there who has taken the time to give us a watch. Feel free to reach out if there is something you want us to cover. We'll be more than happy to do so. Uh, you can find us at truecrimedrunks.com. We do have <laughs> we do have our own website, which I'll uh, pull up here. One second. Oh. Oh, there it is. Hey, here's our website. I hope you like it. <laughs> still has still a work on progress. Like we're not we're not website professionals. But we'll get there. You can reach out to us, email truecrimedrunks at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, truecrimedrunks. We were lucky enough, we talk about this every time, we were lucky enough to get True Crime Drunks pretty much everywhere. And we will be... I, I know I said this, I know I try and say this every week. We are going to try and do our best to be week, a weekly podcast. We are doing good so far. We did an episode last week. We're doing an episode this week. And I hope we do an episode next week. So... Be patient with us as we still get things figured out. We're still relatively young as far as podcasts go, but we're doing our best. If you like me and my personality, which I uh, appreciate if you do, I have my own podcast, which is Top Shelfers. I've been podcasting for about four years now, and it's a lot of fun. I love it. A lot of content over there. Lots of new content on the docket and a lot of fun stuff planned for the near future. So please let me know if there's anything that you guys want us to do. And as far as today, we're closing out. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Take care. Bye-bye.